0: Amen. Good morning, church. Praise the Lord. At least you may not uh, come so near to your neighbor, but you can wave at me. Kindly let me see your lovely hands. Praise the Lord. Uh, The Lord is so good. Karibuni sana. It's so nice to reconnect with you once again and just to see so many of us gather together here uh, for our uh, Sunday worship service together. So, karibuni sana. It's a good day that the Lord has made. And we continue to rejoice in him. I love that clip. The need to remain ready and prepared. The readiness of a soldier. So that when the master says go, you are fired up and ready to go. And I pray that that will be you. And that will be me uh, today. So, Karibuni Sana, wherever you are tuning us from, guys who are watching us online, Facebook, YouTube, different other platforms, you are so much welcome and it's happy. I'm so happy to uh, bring the word of God uh, to us today. So uh, today we are focusing on um, the um, discipleship. We are looking at deployment and um, multiplication. And uh, we'll focus a little bit more on multiplication. I'll be like a typical Kenyan who... Have you had Kenyans when they are giving direction? Ukikuja, ukifika hapo, kuna barabara imenda pandehi. Pandeya left, right, Indo left, eh? So pandya left. barabara, Wachana na Shika ingine. So there's deployment, there's multiplication. Wachana uh, deployment kidogo for now. Let's shika multiplication. We will reach there. Later on, I'll be joined by two lovely, amazing guys that I've known for three, five years. We have worked together with them, I've helped nurture them amongst others also and to a large extent I can term them as one of my close uh, disciples and so we'll have Pastor Purity and Evan later on on stage. What's the name of the current sermon series that we have been running? Let me hear you. Yep. Discipleship. Peterson said something different. Leadership, you are doing that in the pastoral world. Discipleship. And um, Rev Shiramba and Pastor Martin have been been taking us really well uh, through the first um, three uh, sermons. And today we'll glean some insights from the same book of John. We'll venture a bit in the other parts of the New Testament so that we'll see how multiplication happened. But we'll glean some lessons uh, big time from the book of John. And we'll be seeking to answer two critical questions today. Two critical questions. So the first question is, where do I start? Because if you don't know where to start, you'll be all over. Not so sure whether you are in it, whether you can do it, you know, where we, we are going and all that. So where do you start? So that's the first question. And the second question that we'll be asking ourselves is, how do I multiply where do I start and how do I multiply? That simple. And as we attempt to answer these, we'll not necessarily um, you know, answer them sequentially. So they'll kind of interweave. So I hope you'll follow me through. It's not a technical uh, sermon. I hope you'll follow me through as we learn from the word of God today. Discipleship is a dynamic lifetime process with Jesus Christ at the center. And you can make disciples who make other disciples. That is well captured in our vision, which is becoming, engaging the world. Becoming Christ-like disciples, engaging the world. Who is a disciple? A disciple is simply someone who believes in Jesus and seeks to follow him in his or her daily life. Being a disciple also means that you want to put God's word into action. By seeking to live the way Christ wants us to live. Has that been happening amongst us? My answer is yes. And somewhat. And now we are looking into how Jesus did it. So that we can do it his way. Since we are seeking to become like him. The book of John is the most theological of, of, of all the four uh Gospel books. I've studied theology and so this I say confidently. It's the most theological, but we have three other books of the gospel which are, share with me, there is Matthew, Mark, yeah, Leviticus, Luke, yeah, and John. So, Mark, Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so our focus today will be on the book of John, but today we won't delve deeply into those theological, you know, depths. We'll simply have a conversation, and I hope you'll engage with me even as we move on. The book was written by John, and John was one of Jesus' disciples. John was a younger brother to James, another disciple of Christ. Their father was Zebedee, and their mother was Salome. Salome was one of the women who followed Jesus closely. Actually, she was a disciple of Jesus Christ, together with her sons. And Salome was one of the ladies who were supporting Jesus' ministry, financially and in so many other ways. Please mark that family relationship. We'll emphasize on it as we move on. So, two questions that we are asking today. Where do I start? Let me say this. Start where you are. It's it's not magic. It's not complex. Start where you are. I know many times we, 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 we like trusting complicated things, you know, complex stuff. And we say, hey, mazeyoni deep. That's, that's, that's the thing. That's, you know, that's what will move stuff. So don't expect, I'm not, I won't present, you know, some earth shattering methods and, you know, dynamics on how to do discipleship. So where do you start? Start where you are. What I call point number one, reaching in. Reaching in, I hope you remember that. Reaching in the inner circle where you are, reaching in. Where is this in your existing relationships? As Pastor Mariga mentioned, in your family, at the place of work where you do biashara, that that space where you are, where you are, the Lord has positioned you. Start there. Start in that social club. Start in that chama where you are most of your time. Start there, brothers and sisters. Reach in. Making disciples is about connecting with people. It is easier to follow someone you know, right? Say, for example, when they invite you to an occasion to church somewhere, come join me. I have this place I've found out or I know. Come, be with me. You're more likely to go when the person inviting you is a family member, is a friend, when that person is a neighbor, you know, a familiar face, someone you know. It is easy to also be influenced by someone you can easily trust, apparent, okay? A spiritual mentor, when they invite you, you are more likely to trust them and follow them. Now, when these people who are inviting you, when they model the life of Christ, as disciples of Christ, you can see it in them. And you know what? When you are close enough in that relationship, you can catch it. They actually don't need to teach it. In as much as teaching is important, you can catch it. We usually say it's easy, it's, it's easier caught than taught. Because how can you be what you cannot see? You cannot separate discipleship from relationship. Let me repeat that. You cannot separate discipleship from relationship. That is why Jesus invited his disciples to be with him, and we see them doing life together, what you call life on life, at least for three years. The scriptures that we'll uh, read today, um, we'll start one, with one from John chapter 1, verse 35 to 47. It's long, so I'll read through. I hope it's up, Bado. Okay there'll be other verses that we'll read together so we'll prepare for that. So John chapter 1, 35 to 47 this is what the Bible says. The following day, John the Baptist was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. You may be interested to know um, that John the Baptist and Jesus were related. They were relatives. They they knew each other. They were not strangers. Verse 40, the Bible says, Andrew, Simon, uh, Peter's brother, was one of these men who had uh, what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother, Simon, and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathaniel and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus. What do you find here? That simple but very profound invitation. Come and who are these guys inviting the, the others these guys are brothers, they are the you know they are related now, starting from John the Baptist and Jesus and Jesus brings them on board and then starts walking with them as they grow and Jesus Christ is modeling before them what he wanted them to be coming closer home, it was my brother who invited me to Jesus Christ of course, firstly, I kind of doubted. I was young. I was nine years old. I heard him and I kept pondering on that. Some time later, it was my mom who did now the, the final push, as it were, and, and, and led me to the Lord when I was nine years old. My mother influenced me big time, greatly to date. She led me to become a disciple of Christ. I was nine years old. I'm now 40 years old. To Purity, who will share with us shortly, she shared that it was her mom. And then later on, after that influence, she gave her life to Christ. To Evan, who will also share shortly, it was his grandmother who influenced him. What about you? And if you're not a disciple of Christ and you're here with us today or watching us online this will be such an amazing opportunity for us to pray with you and lead you to this Christ so that you can become his disciple. Listen to this. The best form of discipleship happens within the context of relationships. And that is what we call natural connections. And then it multiplies from there. So start with your family. Start with your children. Dad and mom, start with your children. Start with your relatives exactly where you are. In your community, in your neighborhood. It's not about numbers. I know sometimes we, we just think well if we have a thousand if I start with a thousand. You know what? Even Jesus Christ did not. What do we see? One, the second guy and total that we know they are 12. It's not the entire community. It's not about numbers. You can start with one where you are. Jesus picked guys from his neighborhood, his community. Others were a bit from far, but they were within the community, the Jewish community, and most of them were really close to him. Some were brothers, as we have seen. There was James and John, who wrote the book of John. There was Peter and Andrew. There was Philip and Nathaniel, and others who were closely related. We find Jesus' own mother, Brothers and sisters remaining so close to the Messiah, they followed him closely. And we even see at the end when he's being crucified, the mother is there. And John is there. And many other guys are there. Although not of, uh, amongst the original 12, James, Jesus' brother, became a leader in the early church. And many of these disciples, ladies and gentlemen, were young. So don't blame your age. You say, I'm just a teenager. Actually, some scholars say some of the disciples were teenagers. Many of them were in their 20s and and 30s, the same age group uh, with Jesus Christ. And we see them serving the Lord into their old age, even when some of them were persecuted and even killed because of proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ. They started within. They reached within and then expanded as they reached into Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and into the non-Jewish territories. So where do you start? Start where you are. Reach in. And now to our other point of reaching out. This approach also takes intentionality just like in your existing relationships. There are those that will come to you, okay, and we'll see that. But there are others that you'll we'll need to go to. In the book of John, we find two outstanding uh, scenarios where there's Nicodemus. Pastor Martin uh, talked about that last week. He's the one who approached Jesus at night, and they had such an amazing conversation. And that guy was, was transformed from inside out. But chapter four of the same book of John, we find um, this woman. That we, we we call her the the, the Samaritan woman. When Jesus was crisscrossing and went through the Samaritan territory, had some time and he was just hanging out waiting for the disciples to come back from shopping and all that. This woman came to fetch water and she had a conversation and an encounter with Jesus. So Jesus, was, Jesus moved into her territory and they connected there. So there are those that will come to you in your day-to-day activities. But there are others that you'll need to intentionally step out and go. And sometimes, when you're not, you're going, and and it's not in your in your mind that you want to specifically share the gospel. Wherever you are, the Lord is still able to use you. In both encounters, the Samaritan woman and Nicodemus, we see that once they were changed, they reached out to their networks. We see Nicodemus asking for justice when his club of Pharisees the Jewish council was plotting to arrest and convict Jesus, Nicodemus speaks out and says in John chapter 7, 51 to to 51, then Nicodemus, the leader who had met Jesus earlier, spoke up. Is it legal to convict a man before he's given a hearing? We see Nicodemus staying steadfast as a disciple of Christ, even within a society that was Antichrist, and later when Jesus dies, what do we see? Nicodemus hooks up with a guy called Joseph of Arimathea, a fellow wealthy guy, belonging to the Jewish Council. Joseph was also a disciple of Christ, and we read in John chapter nineteen afterwards, verse thirty-eight, Joseph of Arimathea, who had been a secret disciple of Jesus because he feared the Jewish leaders, asked Pilate for permission to take down Jesus' body. When Pilate gave permission, Joseph came and took the body away. With him came who? Nicodemus, the man who had come to meet Jesus at night. Their faith and their action demonstrating that they were Christ's followers. And they were not afraid to step out, although they risked persecution from their fellow rulers. We also see the Samaritan woman evangelizing in a very, you know, drastic way. Stepping out after her conversion with Jesus. She didn't need to go through a lot of study and preparation for her to share her story. She stepped out and went on. This is the point. And you know that her relationships were dysfunctional. She she had issues, they would say in modern times. She had lots of issues. But once she encountered the Lord... She stepped out with power and authority that she had received from Jesus Christ to share her story of transformation. This is what I'm emphasizing, brothers and sisters. Pass it on. You don't need to feel perfect and ready, all equipped and holy in order to share your story about transformation. As you do it, it will multiply. You may be having doubts and fears approaching Jesus at night for what, because of one fear or, or another. You may be having questions. You are unsure of your salvation. You, 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 you feel like you don't really fit in church or those places where people go for gatherings, you know, fellowships, CLGs and all that. You feel you don't fit in. You know what? You are the right candidate. These guys didn't fit in. Yet when they encountered the Lord, they stepped out and shared their faith and the transformation was very evident. We have talked about family and other relationships, and you may say, well, I'm, I'm not all that connected in my family. Actually, my family can't listen. These guys don't listen to me. I'm like that prophet who is not honored in his own hometown. You know what? You are not alone. Jesus Christ faced a similar challenge. The disciples of Christ face similar challenges. There's one guy who stands out, his name is Paul. We know him as the Apostle Paul. Not much much is actually shared about Paul's family in the Bible. And so we will not just, you know, bring together some imaginations. So we'll just leave it at that. The Bible is silent. Keep it silent. Um, But we find something very outstanding about Paul. Paul was so super proud of his spiritual sons, my prayers. I long to see you again for I remember your tears as we parted and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and I know the same faith continues strong in you. We see again natural connections and spiritual connections that interplay. Over to our second question. How do I multiply? My points here will recap our last three uh, sermons in a way that will bring reinforcement. So the first sermon looked at modeling, the second one looked at mentoring, the third one, last Sunday, looked at teaching. But before we proceed, let me read, let us read together. I hope it will be up they are projected. Uh, from the book of Second Timothy chapter 2, we'll read two verses together. Okay, so calmly through your your, your masks. Okay, so it, uh, is it up? Okay, good. Okay, one to go. Let's go, church. You, therefore, my son. Amen bit muffled but it came out you therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in christ jesus and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also so the first one modeling the first verse they are being strong in the grace that is in the lord jesus christ implies that you are holding on to faith setting an example for others or to others, as Paul often instructed Timothy. In the book of Timothy 3.10, we read, Timothy, you know what I teach. This is Paul speaking to his son and through his son. You know what I teach and how I live. You know what I want to do and what I believe. You have seen how patient and loving I am. And how in the past I put up with trouble and suffering. In essence, Paul is saying, Tim, you know me. You have observed me. We have worked together. You have done life together. You know me. I have modeled Christ-likeness before you. And so I can confidently say, imitate me, as I imitate Christ. And we find that also being written to the church of Corinth. Uh, the same Paul writing, 1 Corinthians four sixteen and 17, he says, so I urge you, church, imitate me. Imitate me, as I imitate Christ. That's why I have sent Timothy back to his spiritual son, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. He will remind you of how I follow Christ. That brings discipleship in you. You know, the work of discipleship. He will remind you of how I follow Christ, just as I teach in all the churches wherever I go. Modeling. The second one is mentoring. Verse 2. Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You may say, but they, they are... Are there faithful men and women in this time and age? Yes, they are there. Maybe you haven't found them yet. They are there. Reach in, remember? And then reach out. They are right there with you. Someone will say they are so close, they are actually right under your nose. Some of them are your employees. Some of them are your employers. Some of them are in your CLG, your small group or affinity group. Some of them are in your chamas. Do you know where else some of them are? In your WhatsApp groups. Some of them are your followers online. Some of them have subscribed to your YouTube channels. God is bringing these people to you. What are you doing with them? What are you doing with them? Some of you have thousands and thousands of followers online. I pray and I hope you'll utilize that moment. To share about to share your faith with these thousands and thousands of people. Some of you may not be online, but all of you are coming from a family. All of you connect in your chamas, in your clubs, you know, in that football club, in that PTA gathering. You are somewhere where God has brought people around you. Are you taking that opportunity to share your faith? That, that point is teach. We see that teaching is a central aspect of discipleship. Jesus Christ taught. His disciples taught. Apostle Paul is teaching Timothy and instructing him to pass it on to other faithful men and women. He writes again, uh, verse 2, You have often had me teach. These are different versions, CEV. Now I want you to tell these same things to followers, okay, who can be trusted to tell others. It's an ongoing um, approach. Jesus Christ reminded us, Matthew 28, 20, uh, when he was giving what we call the great commission, therefore go and make disciples, baptizing them and doing what? Teaching. Teaching them to do everything I have commanded you. This is another point. The interesting bit about teaching is that it can be ineffective if it's not modeled out and if it's all about the knowledge that you acquire and the information and you're not passing it on. You're not mentoring others. They're not seeing it in you. You have heard the preaching, the, 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 the saying that goes preaching water and taking, yeah, preaching water and taking wine. I pray that you'll not be like those people who will do that. And I pray that I'll not fall into that category. But Jesus Christ warned us about such kind of people. And he says this in the book of Matthew chapter 23, verse 3. So be careful. Do everything they tell you, but don't follow their example because they don't practice what they preach. In summary, church, and every person viewing us from wherever you are at home, in your hotel, on the road, in Kenya, outside the country, we have been called to make disciples who make other disciples. Where do you start? Start where you are. Reach in. Reach out. And how do you multiply? Model it. Mentor others. And teach. Pass it on. I'll be joined on stage shortly by two amazing guys, as I mentioned earlier, and we'll get to hear their stories uh, in brief. And so, I've worked with these guys, Purity, I've known for uh, five years now. I've uh, been part of the teams um, that that have helped nurture her and help her grow in her faith as she has stepped out boldly to also connect with others, making them Christ followers. Karibu Sana Purity, how are you?
1: I'm very fine, Pastor Moreidi. You're
0: welcome. Kindly share your story briefly with
1: us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, good morning, church. My name is Purity and this morning I delight in the Lord as being my personal savior and the lord of my life. And um yeah as Pastor Murithi asks what how did my discipleship journey start? My discipleship journey started in March of 2013 when I gave my life to Christ and I surrendered before Christ and I was like you know what Take my life and lead me. And uh, I think I joined the league of, uh, that he's talked about in Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And that day is when my discipleship journey started. And that is the day that I was deployed. Uh, by the grace of God, for the last seven years, my geographical area of deployment have, has been in Cairo Community Chapel and the community around. And in these uh, seven years, I have seen quite a lot of God's faithfulness in his people. Uh, I have been able to work with people. Many people have worked with me. As Pastor Muridi had mentioned earlier, my mom on a personal level has actually worked with me. Um, I have had mentors, spiritual ministry mentors, and uh, Pastor Muridi is one of them. And for me, I have been able to work with uh, many people within and without Karura, young and old, men and women, uh, you know, uh married and single and all through all these we have actually seen the faithfulness of god Uh, i have been part of stories and i have had stories of discipleship and honestly if i would start giving stories today it will take us a whole day or probably a whole week so kindly just allow me to share one story that really stood out for me in this discipleship journey in the year 2015 i joined the prisons ministry and uh, we happened to go to langata women's prison and uh, in this ministry, I, got to, I, I met a lady by the name of Joanne. She has given you permission to say her name. I was with her yesterday. And uh, yeah, I met Joanne. And Joanne was not born again, but she was coming to church. And she was fellowshipping every single day. And uh, we continued going, you know, Sunday after Sunday. And we met her, and she never shied to come to church. But she was not born again. But praise God, years later, Joanne met with Christ. And she gave her life to Christ. And this is a beautiful thing. When Joanne got born again, she started discipleship where she was. You know what Pastor already mentioned, start with where you are. Joanne began the Langata Women's Prison choir. They didn't have a choir, and these ladies have just angelic voices. For those who've been able to visit uh Langata Prison, you can attest to that. By God's mercy, Joanne is out. A few months ago, she was out. And uh Together with our music and worship pastor, Pastor Pitson, they are recording and just working on an album, a gospel album that is going to reach out to many. And you know, this is the joy of multiplication and discipleship. Joanne, uh, together with others, they are going to record an album. This album is going to reach out to many. Someone in someone's life is going to be touched. Someone's life is going to be, you know, transformed because of this song. How did this journey begin? By someone stepping out. By someone walking with someone. By salvation happened along the way. And now we have an album that is going to reach to many. Uh, Apostle Paul tells us in uh, Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 to 28. And this will be my parting shot. And I'll read from the amplified uh, version. God in his eternal plan chose to make known to them, and here them is you and I. How great for the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you and among you, the hope and guarantee of realizing the glory. We proclaim him, warning and instructing everyone in all wisdom, that is comprehensive insight into the word and purposes of God, so that we may present every person complete in Christ so that we may present every person complete in Christ. And that is mature, fully trained, and perfect in him, the anointed. And that right there is discipleship. Ours is not to do anything else. It's to be able to present someone else fully mature to Christ. And uh, Paul finishes in verse 29 by saying, In this I toil, in this I labor, by the energy and power that so powerfully works within me. And brothers and sisters, this is my prayer for myself and for all of us. That as we toil, as we labor in discipleship, in multiplication, may we not forget that it's not us. It's not our power. It's not our energy. It's the energy of Christ that works powerfully within me and you. So if you're just there and you're wondering, how do I start? You know, this is for the chosen few. This is for you and I. You who have said yes to Christ, the power of Christ lives and works within you. God bless you.
0: Amen, church. Let's appreciate purity. God bless you so much, Thank May you. the Lord continue working with you and empowering him more as Amen. you make disciples for His glory. Amen. We also have Evan Getchu, um, who is also one of us. So, Karibu sana. Kindly share with us your
2: story. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pastor. Um, I'm so glad this morning to be part of this journey and having an opportunity to share uh, with us our story on how uh, we were discipled and how we are taking the challenge of discipling others. And my name is Evans Gesho, like Pastor has said, and I'm born again, I love the Lord. And my faith journey began uh, roughly uh, when I was 10 years old. And I attribute all this to my grandmother, who really took time to work with me, together with my grandfather as well. And they were so intentional in working with me and growing my faith and ensuring that I have such a strong foundation in the Lord. And I remember back in 2001, they started a fellowship in the house. And me and my friends, every Tuesday we would go and have a fellowship with them, get to sing, read the word of God, share testimony, share prayer requests in turns, and then we would pray for one another. And that in a way really helped me create base and my foundation for my, for my faith. And when I look back, uh, you know, two decades later I still hold on to that faith because of what was shared with me when I was young and I remember those days occasionally they would throw us a party and just before we knew it we were being discipled they were so intentional in working with us and that reminded me about proverbs 22 and verse 6 that says that direct your child on the right path and when they are old they will not move from it and up to date I can stay I can say i have stuck onto that faith because of what was shared with me during those days and one thing i know when you say yes to jesus when god calls you he calls you so that you can be with him so that you can spend time with him you can um, you know receive from him and perhaps get that challenge of sharing your faith with others and three years later i three years ago I joined Karuda Community Chapel through the internship program, and the program has really changed my life. And for the last two years, I have been engaging as a pastoral trainee. And that journey entailed working with people, working with mentors, attending trainings, you know, getting taught the word of God. And the beauty of that challenge or rather that program is that it challenged us to, you know, aspire to work with others as well. Mm-hmm. And I am happy to say that it challenged me to identify uh, four young men who are in high school and one who is in campus. And we've been working together, you know, sharing life on life, getting to hear about the challenges that they are facing each and every day, talking about their journey with the Lord and not forgetting as well about the academics. And it has been such an interesting journey and I really thank God for that. In our church, there is no limit to ways on how we can engage and our pastor, Pastor Moridi, here has elaborately talked about that. And it all begins right where you are. This could be your home with your children, with your grandchildren. See the impact that my grandmother, you know, has on my life today. And there are so many opportunities that God has availed, and there are so much around us. If only we can see and pick that up. And this morning, I'm just going to share a bit about those opportunities that are around me and that I have picked up as my challenge to just disciple other, uh, even as we continue. And I remember two years ago, we were having a high school reunion, and five of us decided that we wanted to form an outreach team that would reach out to high school um, in our home county, Moranga. And we gladly did that. But unfortunately, because of Corona, we could not uh, keep at that. But the fellowship still kept on. We kept on encouraging one another, finding out how we are doing. And I saw God at work through that fellowship. And now coming more close home. um, um, I remember uh, there was a call by Pastor Purity to start small groups. And I remember I used to come every Sunday. I didn't know anyone here. I didn't have friends here apart from a few relatives and they were not coming to Karura. And so every Sunday I would come and people are gathering around the fellowship tent. I didn't find any reason to go there. I didn't have anyone. And so one day Purity, who is right here with us, uh, threw a challenge to me to start a small group. And I took that challenge and she gave me four members and we went and started Ground Zero CLG. Now, this small group is such an amazing group because in it I found family, I found friends and we've been able to accomplish so much together, reaching out even to our community because we actually came together. And the testimony that came after that, and this is the juicy part of it, uh, last year when we were doing the spiritual emphasis campaign, I remember Pastor Martin and the team requested Uh, that they needed people who are going to start small groups, other small groups, uh, so that we can uh, comprehensively cover uh, the spiritual emphasis campaign. And one of the members came to me, uh, Baptist Kimondo, and requested we help, you know, pioneer and start other CLG. And that is how True North CLG and Eagles Coalition were formed. Out of that love and, you know, just deciding that we wanted to help other group uh, grow as well. And the beauty of that is that, and this really you know, uh, inspired me, uh, one of the CLG was meeting somewhere around the um, Road. And every Friday we had members going all the way in the evening to just be with this small group to see it grow and become firm um, even as they studied the word of God. And I also want to talk about the singles ministry. That has been another area that, you know, God has given us an opportunity. And I remember also a few of us through the help of Pastor Edna just came up together and um, we we formed this ministry so that we can help um, talk to, um, or, or rather talk about the singles ministry's need. And during COVID, we were not able to do much uh, because we were a bit limited. But what that meant is that we were in a position to even reach out more and wider we were able to extend our influence even wider and it is so inspiring to see people receive christ and i had a testimony of uh, some of us um, fred allowed me to share his testimony he received christ and we've been working with him uh, through that ministry uh, people like Marion again uh, came through and you know, we discipled her and she actually even joined uh, our plug-in classes. And I am glad this morning to read one of the messages that I received from one of them. Um, And I would like to read it to us. I am so grateful to God for you guys because you are there for me uh, those very first weeks after I so much. The call here is to make disciples who are making other disciples. Thank you so much and may the Lord bless you so much.
0: Let's give a better clap to them and to the Lord. I want to pray for us even as the praise and worship team comes back. Wherever you are, here at Career Community Chapel, we say that we are all ministers, and it's clearly depicted in the Bible. You don't have to be a pastor or a bishop to make disciples. You are a minister as a lawyer, as a businessman, as a teacher, as an engineer, wherever you are, whatever you are calling is out there in your career, in your relationships, God is calling you to be a minister because you are. And as a challenge for us today, church, and every person viewing us today, I would say what the younger guys would say in, in Kiswahili, Jitume, Jitume. And in this case, how Jitume? It's Christ Jesus who has already clearly given us this mandate to go and make disciples you don't have to go to afghanistan to make disciples there or to syria where you are there are people all around you are you seizing that opportunity and make disciples for christ that is all that will matter in life when your life on earth is done let us pray father we thank you for the challenge this morning and Lord, as I the people, we surrender ourselves to you. I pray for that person who has listened to the testimonies and heard your word. And they are saying in their hearts, Lord, yes, yes, here I am. I want to become your disciple. You can pray this with me in your heart. Lord Jesus, come and save me. I believe in you. You're my Lord and you're my Savior. I want to walk with you. As your disciple, help me to grow in you and help me connect with other brothers and sisters who will walk with me on this journey of discipleship. And I pray, Lord, for each and every one of us. The Lord will take that challenge to heart and will step out in our networks, wherever we are, Oh God, as we serve you and bring in the harvest, disciples who will in turn make other disciples as your kingdom continues to grow and your name continues to be glorified. In the name of the Father, and the Son and the Holy Spirit we pray. And the church said Amen.